Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Tears of Price, and today's episode is all about the sequels I've picked up this summer. If I had to classify my summer reading for 2022, it would be big sequel energy. This is kind of refreshing for me because for a long time, I really got into this cycle where I would read the first books in a series um, that would like just come out and I'd get really excited to read. Or sometimes I just read the first book in a series and think like, oh my gosh, that's great. Um, I will get to the sequel when I get to the sequel. And then I'd never get caught up because there's always a million other books to read. Um, or I have to wait so long for the sequel to come out that I'd forget what happened in the first book. And then I want to do a reread. And then that just kept getting, you know, pushed off on the to-do list and it never happened. And so this year I took a hard look at my reading life and I just thought, I want to read more of the books that I want to read. So I'm being better about this. And this year definitely made a much more conscious effort to actually read the sequels of books I've enjoyed. Or I've done the thing that I've never done before, which is wait for an entire series to be out before picking up the books, which I used to never be able to do because I had no patience. But um, now, funny thing, it means that I actually get all the way through an entire series. Um, so it's resulted in some very happy reading this summer. And therefore, if you're interested in knowing more about some really great books and their worthwhile sequels, this episode is for you. But before we dive in, let's hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Tor Books. So if you are a fan of epic fantasy, if you're a fan of Scott Lynch and or Joe Abercrombie, but you want something a little different, you want a hero who's like a bit of a mess, then The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan is for you in its academy dropout slash disgraced noble heir Lacan Cordova's life is in shambles. All he's got going for him is one, he is a card sharp of considerable skill and two, a lot of maybe potentially a little too much wine. So they're, you know, those are the positives. So when the bizarre murder of his father robs him of even the off chance of redemption, Lacan decides to make amends another way. He's going to unravel the mystery behind the killing, even if it takes him to the underbelly of Sophrona, a city of danger, secrets, and merchant princes. Finding the truth is one thing. Finding the truth and staying alive is like a whole other thing. So make sure to check out The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan on sale May 7th. And thanks again to Tor Books for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. So the first um, series I wanted to talk about 
is the All Our Hidden Gifts series by Caroline O'Donohue. And this series, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with it. It is about a girl named Maeve, who's an Irish teenage student in um, a small town in Ireland, small city, I guess. It's it's bigger than a town, but it's not like Dublin or um, one of the other big cities, um, which, oh gosh, I guess I'm revealing my lack of Irish geography in this episode. Sorry, Ireland. But anyway, she lives in this small city and she is um, a Catholic school student in one day while she's serving um, a form of detention in the basement of her Catholic school. She's cleaning out an old closet and she finds a deck of tarot cards. And obviously these tarot cards were probably confiscated from some other student in previous years. Um, But she thinks that they're pretty cool and she pockets them and brings them home. And she learns how to read tarot spreads and she's really really good at it um which makes her kind of happy because Maeve is like not a really great student she's you know she's not unintelligent she just doesn't click with school but like this is one thing that she does really well and she is very proud of this and so she's giving readings to all of the girls in her school and they're paying her and they're obsessed and they're just like oh my gosh do me do me next and she's like I've you know done you three times this week maybe sit down Um, But the only girl in the school who hasn't asked her for a reading is her ex-best friend, Lily. Until one day, Lily and Maeve get into a sort of confrontation where Maeve reads tarot for Lily and a card comes up in the deck that's not supposed to be in the deck. It's the housekeeper card. And as soon as she gives her this reading, Lily disappears and nobody really knows what happens to her, but... Maeve has this gut feeling that it's connected to the housekeeper card. So I really liked how this series is magical. Um, It's got a little bit of a mystery to it. It's got some danger to it. I also thought that it was really significant because um, this is not a spoiler, but one of like the big bad sort of entities in the series is this American conservative group. And I was like, wow, we really have come to the point where American conservative groups are considered the enemies of YA fantasy. That's so realistic. Um, So anywho, uh, just heads up, there is some homophobia and transphobia that exists in this book per the whole American conservative group being the big enemy. But it is definitely a challenge. It's not something that anybody stands for in this series. Um, But this is a really fascinating series. And the sequel is The Gifts That Bind Us. So I read all our hidden gifts in like a day. I immediately ordered the sequel so I could have it and inhaled that one as well. And it's a sequel that really sticks its landing. It's kind of its own standalone story, but it follows the same characters and it follows threads that are introduced in all our hidden gifts. Um, And it ends with the author neatly setting up a third book, which will be coming out next year called Every Gift a Curse. And I have already pre-ordered it because I love this series so, so much. Um, And I also just have to say, it's a really, like The Gifts That Bind Us is a really great sequel that builds upon the characters in the world in a really clever way. And I just thought that it was really well done. So that's All Our Hidden Gifts and the Gifts That Bind Us by Caroline O'Donohue with Every Gift a Curse coming out next year. The next series I'm going to talk about is This Poison Heart 
And this Poison Heart by Kaylin Bayron was one of my favorite books of last summer. It is about a girl who discovers that um, her birth family has left her this rambling um, estate in upstate New York. And she and her two wonderful moms who adopted her as an infant go to upstate New York and move into this estate to figure out, like, what are the secrets? Why was the estate left to her? But this is kind of a big secret that she's keeping from everybody but her moms. She has always had this ability to grow plants and really like it's kind of like plant magic. And this ability has always kind of been a mystery to her. But once she arrives at this estate, she realizes that it might actually be something that she inherited from her birth family. Um, And she doesn't really know much about them, but now she's about to find out. So This Wicked Fate is the follow-up to that at the end of This Poison Heart. This is one of those books where I can't really tell you what This Wicked Fate is about without revealing major spoilers of This Poison Heart. But suffice to say that in This Poison Heart, you find out that our protagonist's birth family is hiding some secrets that she must kind of step up to the plate and really, um, you know, protect them and... In This Wicked Fate, she is all about searching for um, the truth of the past and figuring out how to keep everybody that she loves safe going forward. Really, really fantastic series. Great covers. I love the plant magic. I love like the sort of dangerous aspect of plant magic because I think we look at like flowers and we think, oh, so pretty. But plants are really dangerous. There's a lot of poisonous plants out there and things that can really mess you up. So I love that Bayron really leaned into that. The other duology slash series that I wanted to shout out. And I haven't read the sequel yet, but I just got a copy um, because it comes out later this month, like next week it comes out. So Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. You've probably heard Erica and I talk about this book like pretty much nonstop since last year because we both love Elizabeth Lim and we both loved Six Crimson Cranes. So the sequel, The Dragon's Promise, comes out next week and I was lucky enough to get an early copy of it. It's gorgeous. They look so beautiful next to the shelf um, or next to each other on the shelf. I just am obsessed with the covers of these two books. But Six Crimson Cranes is a loose retelling of... The Swan Brothers, um, sometimes it's called the Six Swans. It's basically a fairy tale about a princess whose brothers are cursed to turn into swans. And she's also cursed um, so that she can't speak um, about what happened. Their stepmother cursed them. And she has to weave um, shirts out of nettles in order to turn her brothers back into humans. Uh, So I love that Elizabeth Lim takes that fairy tale Um, sort of injects some Japanese and other Asian um, fairy tales and influences into Six Crimson Cranes. And it's really like you can tell where the fairy tale inspiration came from. But at the same time, it's very much its own story. And so I honestly, when I picked up Six Crimson Cranes, because I knew it was a fairy tale retelling, I thought it was a standalone. And I got to that point, like at the, like you had like 20 pages left. And I'm like, there's still so much that has not been wrapped up. 
what is happening is there going to be a sequel because I didn't know that yes there is a sequel it's called The Dragon's Promise and so if you've read Six Crimson Cranes you know that there's a delightful dragon character who's not really super prominent throughout the book but he is pretty important and by the end of Six Crimson Cranes you realize that he's going to be pretty important in the next book um so I'm really excited to see where the author takes us in this next book and um, what sort of uh, fairy tale inspirations and mythology, if any, we'll see. Um, But I love the world. And I just like a special note about this series, too, is that it has like such a loving appreciation for food. I read Sex, Crimson and Cranes and at the end of it, I was like, well, now I'm hungry because Elizabeth Lim describes food so, so well. And the character, the main character of Six Crimson Cranes, um, Shiori, she loves food. So just a heads up, you might get hungry while reading these books. But that is Six Crimson Cranes and The Dragon's Promise by Elizabeth Lim. Can't wait. I'm definitely going to prioritize reading The Dragon's Promise. And I also just wanted to give a little special update slash shout out. Because if you listen to our last episode all about book talk, Erica and I read The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So we could talk about it on the show and because we knew it was blowing up all over TikTok. And Erica, it was so funny. She messaged me like not even, I think, four or five days. No, it was like three days after we recorded. And she was like, I finished The Inheritance Game. I finished The Hawthorne Legacy. I need the final gambit now. I I just I can't wait. And I felt so guilty because I had not finished the Inheritance game yet. I have the Hawthorne Legacy and I have the Final Gambit um, and she did not. So I felt like a bad book friend. But just know that um, we both have been really enjoying the series. I still on the Hawthorne Legacy. Can't wait for the Final Gambit. But we we are like fully into this. And I just thought that you all would appreciate since I'm talking about sequels that both Erica and I um, can recommend those books. So that is pretty much it for me today. Um, my little update about books and sequels that I have been loving this summer. Thank you so much to today's sponsor for making the show possible. You can follow me. I hang out at um, Twitter and Instagram at, at Tears of Price. And you can always email both uh, me and Erica at heyya at bookriot.com with feedback, recommendations, questions. We are happy to take those um, emails. And thank you so much to Jen Zink, who is our amazing audio editor and makes HeyYA sound great. All right, we'll see you again in a week for a new episode. Um, Until then, happy reading. Mm